You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Celebrate the gift of Minister Nosa. Thank you so much. I suspect it's still somewhere. I mean, would extend our thanks um, afterwards. Good evening, everyone. Wasn't that an amazing time of worshiping God's presence? I mean, and he's got experience. For those who were in the room when he shared, how many of you were just encouraged? You know, you were just fired up in your spirit, knowing that there is nothing impossible for our God to do. Even when the situation looks like, you know, the devil has done you buzz I mean, you lose a child. You've been, a child that has been carried for nine months, or, you know, and you just end up, experiencing a loss. And I don't know if there's anybody in the room here, you've suffered any form of loss, maybe coming from the pandemic, you've experienced any form of loss, or you've even lost a loved one, you've lost investments, financial resources, whatever it is, a relationship, God is a restorer. Amen. Is anybody excited that your father is a restorer? And he not only restores, he compensates. He compensates you for that waiting season. He compensates you for that loss, for that time that may appear that you have lost. Just while worshiping, this is for someone here. And the word is that that which has been deemed insufficient is being replenished. It's for someone today. I declare that you will testify in Jesus. If that is you, just grab it. You know it is you. There's something, there's something major in your life that you have received reports, you've been told, or you have assessed your situation and it looks like it is insufficient. It is being replenished. That which appears to be missing is being replenished in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Okay, wow. 18 minutes. This is a first. I will be very honest with you guys. This is a first. Um... It's evening service, so evening service, so we're trying to keep everything intimate, cozy, chilled. Um, Samuel, please, I need your help. Fortunately, we're not streaming, so we can be anyhow. Yes, I need your help. Yes, please, I need your help with the board, and I'll try and get through this message in Wawu. It's now 17 minutes. Jesus. Okay, I think we should have just worshipped today, because I'm wondering how... I will do this, but we trust God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you because your spirit is here already and we're excited. We're excited for the things that you are set to do, the things you're already doing. We have come to the place of exchange, where we exchange our burdens for yours, where we exchange depression for your joy, where we exchange the spirit of heaviness for your comfort and your love and your joy, for that reminder that we are who we are because you have made us. Uh, in, in your image and your likeness. We're grateful, Lord. And as we just share your word very briefly this night, thank you because it will do the work for which you have sent it to in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, Lord, for faith will be activated in someone's life today, O oh God. Thank you, Father, because your word will do an internal and an eternal work in us. Uh, in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, I suspect we may not all be able to see the board, depending on what part of the room you're seated. I will try very much for you too. Um, oh, you guys gave me a bit more time. Thank you. All right, so we're starting a new teaching series. First of all, welcome to evening service. Woo! Yes, welcome to the exchange, the exchange. Um, like I said earlier, it's designed to be intimate, cozy, you know, just wee-wee. I'm supposed to be seated, but I suspect that I will not thrive sitting. Um, yeah, I will probably not last long on that seat, so let me just stand. Um, 
This morning, or well, today, we started an, uh, a new teaching series just on the back of the Accelerate Worship Conference that we held. Uh, for the benefit of those who are probably just joining us for the first time at LifePoint Church, we're an expression of the Elevation Church, and we just concluded our media conference. Okay, um, and the theme for this series is greater faith. Can someone say greater faith? Greater faith. Okay, you guys are going to be doing a lot of talking because that's part of why. So the teaching is supposed to be conversation style. You know, I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions. Maybe not tonight, but you will be reading the scriptures. We'll probably try the old, the traditional approach where I'll give somebody a microphone and ask you to read a certain version of the Bible. So if you have your phones, your gadgets, uh, I suspect also that they would project on the screen multimedia. Yes? Okay. Um, let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. So I'll start off with a story. Um, I'm sure a lot of us, if not everyone, has been on some roller coaster ride, or you've been on the, the Ferris wheel, or anything that looks like that, whether in Nigeria or in the abroad. Amen? Yeah, you've gone on some sort of ride, right? Okay, so, I mean, growing up as a child, starting from amusement park in Lagos and the likes, we've, you, my family, we had gone on this ride with a lot of, uh, for me in particular, a lot of fear and trepidation, especially when you had to do the Ferris wheel and stuff. Um, but I remember at some point I then had watched this nasty movie that has several endings. Like this, the movie is like Niger, Niger, um, a Nollywood movie, part one, part two, part three, part final destination. <laughs> How many people know final destination? Yeah, exactly. Horrible. But I think I had watched one particular one there that sort of left me, like my daughter would say, gave me the heebie-jeebies. This particular one was... Um, it had people going on rides and, and um, bolts were disconnecting. I don't know how many of you remember that particular one. People were on the ride and then stuff, some stuff would just start happening. Everything starts to fall apart. The people on the rides have no clue what's going on, you know. Anyway, Asha then traveled with my daughter. She was about three then. And we went to this park for kids. And of course, she wanted to go on a ride. Now, as we're getting into that park, there was a particular ride there that was stationary. So nobody was on it. Um, it hadn't been operated as at the time we're getting there. And that was a particular one she wanted to go because it had like um, docks and stuff. The, the seats were shaped like docks. I said, okay. They said she was too young. And my, my plan was, girl, you go on, just go ahead. You're three, you'll be fine. She was about three and a half. But it said she was too little to get on it unsupervised or unaccompanied, so I had to go in there with her. Now, all these things that turn my belly is not my favorite type of way to, it's not, I don't know how people do it, while you're like up in the air and that's supposed to be fun, all these crazy things people do and you're jumping from one side of one mountain to the other, and now, how is that fun? Anyway, we got on this ride and because I hadn't seen how it, you know, how it went or how it ran, um, we just kept going round, and I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. I even brought out my phone at some point. I was doing stuff until then we started to go sideways, and everything started to try to scatter, and all my mind was thinking about was final destination, because in, and I promise you guys, I behaved like a, I am sure I embarrassed you all, like an African woman, because I started screaming, and I was like, please, can you stop, as in, we were the only ones on the ride anyway. Can you, they turned it off, oh. because if I had seen how it went, I guess I would have, you know, 
calibrated my mind to understand, okay, when you get on this thing, you're going to go sideways, you go upside down, you like you'll be turned, you know, upside down and stuff. Then I could have prepared myself. But I thought we only were just supposed to go around and that was it. However, by the time this thing started, mis in my mind, misbehaving, I had to call for help. When I got off, they then explained to me, oh, no, that's sorry, that's how, you know. <laughs> anyway, that was my experience. Now, my daughter was like a boss lady in the thing. Like, no, of course, she had not watched Final Destination. So she had the kind of fear I had. She didn't have it, you know. And part of the reasons why we were even able to get on that ride in the first place was because we trusted that this is Oyimbo people's land. So they will know what they are doing now. Bolts won't fall off. However, my fear, my final destination uh, matter was lurking somewhere in my mind there. What am I saying with this story? You will trust what you have intimate knowledge of. You will trust. So, for example, I mean, if, for those who have kids in the room here, or even you growing up, if your father said to you, I will buy you something, you were going to believe, you, you, you did not, uh, growing up, <laughs> let's assume that you had not had reasons to begin to doubt them, because sometimes our parents don't keep their, they don't keep all of their promises, yeah. But I mean, the first few years, what they said they would do, they did. And so you had no reason to doubt them when they gave you their word that they were going to do stuff. So, the same way you would probably prioritize going on a roller coaster ride in the US over and above a roller coaster ride here. Just because you are not sure if Wasu, that uh, they are stationed there, had done a good job. Just because you are not sure if um, they did not apply less than the budget required for routine maintenance. But you are sure that, oh, this place, they don't really value lives, but over there, they place premium on, on lives. So you will go there with your full chest. But here, you will go here, uh, you will get on it praying. The same way you get on a flight here with a lot of prayers, you know. The question we're to ask ourselves tonight as we speak about faith is in whose ability are we trusting? Do we have an intimate knowledge of God? Do we know him well enough to be able to trust his word? When he says to us, I will heal you. His word has said, you are by my stripes, you were healed. Do we trust his word? Do we trust his person? How do we trust if we don't know him? Or if we don't have a relationship with him? Now, the person making the promises matter. That's the first point I want us to note. The person who's making the promises matters. Some of us here, our parents are, you know, their word is their bond. When they give you their word, you definitely can go to the bank with it. Some of us, we have learned as we went along that, uh, don't worry, they'll be all right. They're only human. But the person making the promises matters the most. That is the first point on this journey of faith. That is the first point I want us to have. Now let's read from the scripture, 2 Timothy 1.12. The Passion Translation. If you have your phones, please open up. For I have an intimate revelation of this God, and my faith in him convinces me that he is more than able to keep all that I have placed in his hands, safe and secure until the fullness of his appearing. The portion I want us to focus on there is this. I have an intimate revelation of this God. And my faith in him convinces me. Now, my faith in him is hinged on the intimate revelation of him that I have. So faith outside of your knowledge of God 
will be wobbly. Your faith that is dependent on what your parents have told you or the faith that is dependent on what your pastor has said over time will be shaky in the day of adversity. But how much of God you know, how much of him you engage with matters the most because he is the one you can trust and he's the one you can take his word to the bank. Now, another scripture says in Hebrews 4, 2, it says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So we do a lot of hearing in our generation. We do a lot of reading. We do a lot of seeing. There are things you would have seen on Instagram, um, stuff you would have heard in church and all. But you know, it's interesting. If some of us, if we had to calculate the number of hours we have spent in church circles or church settings or listen, let's not even say church because church isn't the building. It is, you know, you and I fellowshipping together. That is the definition of church. But let's say, you know, your engagement with the word, your engagement with the scriptures, uh, based off of what you've heard, what you've read, you know, you've got, you follow Christian, uh, Christian, what's her name? Christine Kane. You follow John Bever. You follow Sarah, uh, Sarah Jakes Roberts. You, you know, you follow T Bishop T.D. You follow everybody. And you are gleaning the word, which is great. But how much of the word do you know for yourself? Or is it the rema from them that you are still basing your life's journey on? That is a question for someone. Now, moving on quickly, the second point is this. Every believer has been given the measure of faith. The same measure of the God kind of faith. Each and every one of us, we have received the measure of faith. Now, it is the measure of faith. If you read it in other translations, it will say a measure of faith. But if you read it in the King James Version, it is the measure of faith. Now, that measure of faith is the God kind of faith. It is the faith of God. So when he created us, when we accepted him, as, when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he deposited into us the measure of faith. What that means is this. I can't say I have, like, the, let me use the example, let me borrow the example Demilade used in the morning service. I can't say I have five liters of faith, and Dami here has 20 liters of faith, you know, and Pastor Felicia, because she's a pastor, has 60 liters of faith. That's not what it's saying. What it is, is God has given each and every one of us, you and I, myself and Timoni, we have the same measure of faith. However, there is a difference as we go along. What I do with my faith matters. And I want to put it to someone here. You can actually grow your faith. So think about it this way. And I know I'm about to bust somebody's brains. I hate to use that phrase. But I'm about to blow some, bust your brains, blow your mind. It's all, it's all this. I'm sorry because I, I, I speak and I, I visualize stuff. So when I see, hear bust your brain, because I've seen busted brains before, it's, so that's all I see. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Imagine that you, uh, so we're, we're talking about Bishop T.D. Jakes or Pastor Adeboye. You know, and we're saying we have the same measure of faith. To somebody like, excuse you. Are you saying me and it's not possible? Let me tell you, when you got born again, yes. However, over time, what have you done with your faith? What have you done with your faith? Have we, like the guy, remember the story of the talent, the parable of the talents, that guy who had one talent, who, who hid it, 
Some of us, we have wrapped our faith and we have put it under a pillow. What is it doing there? I have no idea. But that's where we have kept it. Why? Because we have money. We have our minds and our intellect and we feel we don't really need these things. You know, this whole concept of faith. All I need to do is just be smart. All I need to do is know the right people, network. All I need to do is have a fantastic strategy, business strategy and deploy, blah, blah, blah. You know, and the day there is a storm, we start to run all over the place looking for prophets and pastors that can pray for us. And our parents too, obviously. So, that second point, please note it. Every believer has been given the measure of faith. And the, the scripture that buttresses that point is in Romans 12.3. It says, according as God had dealt to every man, the measure of faith. The measure of faith. So, we know that the spirit of faith comes from God. It is a gift from God that he has given to every believer. So, God gets everyone started the same way. He doesn't give one person more faith than another. However, your faith will grow according to what you do with it. So very quickly, what is faith? Just to help someone here. Faith is trust and confidence. And I know we're all very familiar with that scripture in Hebrews 11. I'm sure we can all recite it, yeah? One, to go. Substance of things hoped for, yeah? Evidence of things not seen. Who can explain what that scripture means to you personally? Beyond the Sunday school uh, memory verse that you learned. What does it mean to you? What does the substance of things hoped for mean? What does the evidence of things unseen mean? So faith is trust and confidence in God that fuels specific action, thinking, and lifestyle. Hence why we say we've been called to live life or to, to, to live lives of faith. We've been called to a faith journey. And to be able to engage God, scripture says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Unfortunately, we don't have much time, so I'm just going to uh, try and bring everything together and leave someone with this. But we'll do an activity before we go. Let's all open our Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. Okay, so here is where we're going to work together. All right, let's start reading from verse 1. Now, I know we probably are reading different translations. Can we all do a New King James and KJV? Okay, so from verse 1, once you go, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Pause. Go to verse 3. By faith... We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Hold it there. So you remember the creation story, right? How many people remember the creation story in Genesis chapter 1? And how God would speak things into being. That term word there is, refers to his utterance. God would speak the word. Remember, he would speak the word and things were created. Now his word, you know, in a state of disorder, in a state of confusion, he spoke his word and created order. And so for someone here today, what is out of order in your life that you need to correct with your words? What is out of order in your life? What isn't making sense that you need to reframe with your words, with the word of God, the word of God on your lips and in your heart? So please note that. 
Now let's move to verse 4. Here's where the activity starts. One, two, go. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. Hold it there, please. Now, recall that I said that the life we've been called to is a life of faith, okay? Now, this journey of faith, for us to really say that we're growing our faith, action is required. So I want us to extract the action that these guys in the Hebrews um, 11, the hall, the popular hall of faith, the action that they took is what I want us to just try and... So just one word each. So what can we say? Uh, what action did um, Abel take here? What was the faith action here? By faith, Abel did what? Offered. Abel offered. Okay? So he brought forth an offering. Now let's go to verse 5. It says, by faith... What, let's read together. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. What was the action here? Anybody? He pleased God. Thank you very much. I was hoping somebody would not say he was taken away. <laughs> pleased God. Awesome. Okay, verse 6. Okay, no, let's leave 6. Let's skip 6. Let's look at the guys. 7, verse 7. By faith. Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. What was the faith action here? <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. team prepared. Let me see your hands up. Team Godly Fear, let me see your hand up. Team Moved, let me see. Okay, so two things actually. You're very correct, Dami. He did two things there. So he moved with Godly Fear. Okay? And he prepared an ark. So Noah took two, I mean, we can say he took two basic um, action, yes. Okay, let's go. Verse 8. Uh, sorry, verse 8, yes. By faith, Abraham did what? What was the action? Obeyed. Obedience. He obeyed. Obedience. Thank you, grammar, gra grammarian. <laughs> okay, uh, move to verse 9. By faith, Abraham did what? Dwelt in the land of promise. So he dwelt. Forgive my chicken scratch. Um, verse 10, Abraham did quite a lot of things. Okay, so it says, For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So we can infer that Abraham did what? Waited, waited. Waited. All right, verse 11. By faith, Sarah, can we read together? Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. What was the action there? She judged him faithful. So I'm just going to use acronyms here. Judged him faithful. J-A-F. J-H-F. 
She judged him faithful. Okay. Let's read verse 13 and wrap up. It says, these all died. Let's read together, people. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, we're going to stop here because we don't have so much time. However, what, what, were the, what action points can we take out of verse 13? Yeah, anybody? Died. <laughs> Somebody said died. <laughs> Embraced, okay. Confessed. Vision, I like that. Because it's not clearly, it's not there. But having seen them afar, they were assured. So the assurance was born out of... Yes, give it up for Daniel. <laughs> so embraced, confessed. But, and then they envisioned. Thank you, Mama. Envisioned. Yeah. Okay. So now, these guys, and if you go all through, just study the book of Hebrews 11, you know. Sorry, the chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, this week. And see guys who lived ordinary lives like you and I, normal, nothing extraordinary about them, aside from the fact that they had an extraordinary God, and they were willing to offer, offer what was pleasing to him. They were willing to please him. They were willing to move with godly fear. Godly fear is reverential fear. It is the fear of God, not, not that cowardly, cowering fear. It is born out of reverence and love. The fact that you know that he is almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and yet your father. So there is intimacy from that knowledge. They prepared. They prepared. They obeyed. They dwelt. They waited. Yeah, this part, eh? They waited. This person waited. This was Abraham. He waited till the promise was fulfilled. And guess what? He didn't even see it. Because God gave him a word. But he held on to it. He didn't see the actualization of that promise. But he believed God. Hence how he made it into this hall of faith. And then, please, somebody should remind me his date. Judged him faithful. You know, we sing it, we say it, but do we really mean it? Is this our reality? Do we judge God faithful in the good times and in the not so good times? And someone needs to think about that a bit. Is God only judged faithful when he keeps his word to you? When things are not making sense in your life, has he become unfaithful? Does God change? And of course, what are you seeing? These guys were seen differently. They saw differently. They weren't seen. I mean, think about it. When God was going to wipe out the earth and he would approach a Noah and say to him, build me an ark. And he would say to him, you know, do this, do that. It has to be X amount, um, X tall, um, Y wide, and things like that. First off, there had never been anything like an ark prior to that time built in the entire human existence. And so, 
Noah had no reference point. I don't know if anyone is listening. He had nothing to refer to. He went based on the patterns that God had defined for him. God said, do it. And he went, he stepped out. I imagine that if it was this day and age, and I, I think about it. God is asking someone to write some type of music and you're cringing in fear. I mean, listen to Minister Nosa's God experience, you know, where he was questioning why God, should, why should I write this type of song? And God was saying to him, this is what I want. We do that a lot. I do it too. So this is not even trying to shade anybody here. We do it. Where we question and we're like, God, but why? And then some of us eventually, Shangri, 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 will do it. But I want to get to the place where God speaks and I jump. And I'm saying, yes, Lord, let's move. It doesn't make sense. They will laugh at me. It's okay. It's all right. I know in whom I have believed. I have an intimate knowledge with him or of him. And so that is enough. That's all that matters. That when he speaks, I know he has a plan and a purpose. When he acts, I know that his promises for me are sure. And that he will not do, he, he can't change. There's no evil in him. So sometimes we feel like God is punishing me. How can you, uh, my mates are going to Canada. God, you said I should go to Ibora. Why? God, that can be you. That is the devil. Maybe in that Igbora there is where your husband is. <laughs> I don't think I helped somebody with that. <laughs> but think about it. Now, nah, I mean, that's just been extreme. Because some, I know some of you, even if God, if an, he sends an angel to you at night, you will not, Timoni will not answer that Igbora call. She will not. It's not her. They say, God, nah, speak, speak, Lord. That's that. that one, I rebuke you, devil. Get deep behind me. No, but for real, guys. God will send us. See, when you say, I am willing, I'm available, use me, God. <laughs> we have no idea what we're saying. Because when God starts to use you, when he says, do this, do that, we start to fight. No. All of these guys, regular men, but they took action. And so I want to leave us on that note. Just three things here. I might not be able to get into it. So what our advice is this. You may want to go listen to the YouTube um, Go on YouTube or go on SoundCloud to listen to other parts of the message. I really would love for us to keep to time. I don't want us to start this evening service not keeping to time. So just two things I will say, and then you can listen to the other parts of the, ser um, the sermon in, preached in the morning service by the amazing Pastor Demi Lade. Yes. But two things, yes. How do we increase our faith? How do we grow our faith? Somebody's here and you're asking, like, okay, yes, we all have the same measure of faith. We've received the same measure of faith, the God kind of faith. But I look at uh, Demilade's life, and I'm wondering, how? Look at my life, look at his life. Or well, I look at uh, Pastor Akidele's life. You know, CEO, everything, everything, just balling. And I'm wondering, how, God? What's, why, why is my case different? But it's not the same God we are serving. Now, remember what I said. God has not given them 100 liters and given you 5 liters. No. He has given us all the same measure of faith. But what you do with your faith matters. And two ways you can increase your faith is by food and exercise. Yes, I'm sure somebody's wondering, food and exercise, how? They, tell, they, they will say to us, when you want to do healthy living, watch what you eat and exercise. Yes, food and exercise. Now, what that means is this, very simple. Feed your faith and exercise your faith. 
Feed your faith and exercise your faith. How do you feed your faith? You feed your faith with the word of God. Your spirit is nourished by the word of God and your faith level is activated or increased. God will not, so when we say, in fact, I'm reminded of the scriptures where the disciples would ask God, uh, would say to Jesus, increase our faith. And Jesus would say to them, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, what he was invariably saying is, it is not how gigantic your faith is. It is how you are doing with it. You know, what are you doing with the little that you have? How are you exercising it? Because you say, if your faith is as small as a mustard seed, you will say to the mulberry tree, be removed from there and be cast. Is someone following me tonight? So two things you need to do to increase your faith is to feed your faith and to exercise your faith. You feed your faith with the word of God. You exercise your faith by practicing it. You put it into practice. So what are the things that are around you, in your, you know, that you can begin to apply faith over? You can begin to apply and exercise your faith. How about we do this? Why don't we start with the little things? Because someone is feeling like, oh, my, my faith is not strong enough except I can heal the sick and raise the dead. Start with the little things. You have a headache. Before you go and take Panadol, can you trust God with your health? And that's not to say medicine is bad or anything like that. You are in a relationship. What, what are you doing with the faith that you have? Over your career, over your business, over your family dynamics. And there was something very important that, we, 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 that was said in the, first, um, yeah, in the first service, in the morning service. Which is, our faith should not just be for things. We need to conform. <laughs> Your will has got to be the will of the Father. Your will, your desires, your needs have got to align with what God needs, what he wants. Recall these guys. Abraham here wanted a son. He just wanted to have a son. That's all that he wanted, really. But God opened his eyes to see a bigger picture. I'm making you a father of nations. Through, God, uh, through Abraham, God was birthing an entire nation. Moses wanted restoration. He had be, you know, been chased from where he was, was at the backside of the desert. But God wanted restoration and deliverance for his children, the children of Israel. And we can go on and on and on. Anna wanted a son. God wanted a prophet. So that need you have, can we do something? Just picture that need you have. Your need, so for somebody here, you want to be in a relationship and it's a valid need because you want to marry. For someone here, you need a job. It's a valid need. But can we step things up several notches and say, God, this is my need. What do you want to do with it? What do you want to do through it? What do you want to birth through it? Who do you want to deliver through it? Then we know that we are living lives of faith. Okay, so um, we're just going to pray now. We'll pray. This week as you go on, just remember the two things. Feed your faith and exercise your faith. Feed it with the word. Get into the word. Know the word. Study the word. That is how you get to know God. And then practice your faith. Put it into practice. Okay? So imagine, let me just leave you with this analogy. 
So they say to us, I mean, some, well, research has proven that what's the most important meal of the day? Breakfast? Yeah, okay. Now, eating consistently or eating three meals a day or whatever um, is, is good. So we've been told you eat well, eat right, and all that. Now, imagine you're eating and you're not exercising. So many of us are on this table. You are eating, you're not exercising. Or let's even say you're eating right. You're eating healthy, but you're not exercising. Now, what happens is you'll be okay. You will just be flabby. You'll be flabby. You'll be what? You'll be flabby and then, yeah. I've been told time up. It's all right. I'm shutting down now. But you, so you'll be flabby, bottom line. But imagine that you are then exercising with it. You will be very fit, right? So not only will you be healthy, you would also be fit. So imagine that um, some of us, what we do is we eat three meals consistently. Every day, you don't miss your breakfast, the most important meal. And then you take six meals. <laughs> the Lord is with you. And then you then take a, a snack. A, your, you see, the word eh, is like a cold meal. It's like a, it's, it's like a juice box in your entire week. That's how we treat the word of God. A juice box, yeah. Or your cheat day. Uh-huh. That's how you treat the word. Can we do things differently as we go on in this week? That we will prioritize feeding on the word so that we can nourish our human spirit and faith is activated within us. Can we prioritize exercise and so put it into practice? You see, um, a situation that doesn't make sense you apply the word. You speak the word to that situation. Whether it's in your family, your friend calls you up and they say, oh, do you know what? Before you go off on a tangent and do all the counseling and do all what research has said, can you just even agree in faith with the person and say, well, see, okay, you know what? Have you gone to the hospital? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm trusting God for your healing. I'm believing God for you that he would heal you. His word says, use the word, speak the word, speak the word. And I trust that it will work for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Let's bow our heads and just say a quick word of prayer to God. I don't know what need you have, but like we've rightly established, God needs your need. If I'm permitted to put it that way, God needs your need. He needs you. He needs your need. So like we've seen through the scriptures, there are people who had needs, very valid needs, and your needs are valid. But God has a need. So I want you to pray and say, God, open my eyes to see what you want to do with this gap what you want to do with this situation, what you want to do with this need in my life. In the name of Jesus, open my eyes to see. Help me see differently. Help me see differently so that I can be fully yielded like the fathers of faith, so I can be obedient, so I can, be, I can wait, I can be patient in waiting for the manifestation of your glory over this particular matter. You know, so I can please you you know, in my state of heart, I will not be in a state of discontent. I will not be in a state of doubting or unbelief so that I can, you know, obey. I can dwell with you. I can move with reverential fear in every way. This need, Lord, open my eyes to see and let your glory be revealed through it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. If there's anyone here, all eyes closed, all heads bowed. If there's anyone here who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, that's where it starts from, actually. Living the life of faith, you have got to come into a relationship with Jesus. It starts with you confessing him as your Lord and asking him to come into your heart. So if that is you, 
you want to journey, you know, with God, you want him to take over your life, may I ask that you just all eyes closed, all heads bowed, we'll give you the privacy of the moment. Can you just lift up your hand if that is you and I'll just say a prayer with you. Okay, awesome. All right, we've come to the end of today's service. Can we please put our hands together and celebrate Jesus? We'll continue next week, same time, 5 o'clock. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.